This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 602. That is right. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, and you wanted to tune into the best, so we are going to give you the best. Make sure you check out all of our previous episodes over at markinat.com. You make sure that you subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and wherever else you may be finding us. Make sure you buy a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com. Make sure you give us a like over on Facebook, a follow on Instagram, a follow on Twitch, a follow on Twitter. And also make sure you subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube account. But most important, make sure that you go on over to our very, very trendy, number one trending TikTok account. Make sure you go subscribe, follow us over there. Check out all of those incredible videos. Brandon's over there. Live la viva loca. It is insane. So you don't want to miss out. Yeah, you do not want to miss out what he is doing over on that TikTok account. So make sure you go check it out. Give it a follow. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your enemies. Tell your pets. Tell whoever is listening to you. And that being said, you are listening to us, the best, the one and only, the showstoppers, the on, the only online listening experience, marking out. And I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And I am here alongside, not alongside really, but you know, through Skype. I am here with Brandon, and we're going to be joined a little bit later on by Chris. But right now, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and Viva is not a word, it's Vita. You know, when I said it, I questioned it, and I was hoping that in the, in the, uh, the moment that it would just go on over, you know, but... Nope, you're you're just like one of those Twitter accounts where there's a botch and you got to put together one of those gifts. Dude, if if you're saying something incorrectly, I should at least try to correct it. I mean, you're like one of those Ref Aubrey accounts because she's so awful. You know, where you're just putting out a gif of me right now. Oh, just saying. Those are your words, not mine. Oh, that, those, those are definitely <laughs> my words and I will stand by that. Oh, awful. But <laughs> that being said, how is everything with you? How was your week? <laughs> it was good. Like I said, last week my sister-in-law and my niece were up from Florida, so I got to spend time with them. And uh, we spent time with my nana. We went to my brother's house for a barbecue with my aunt and uncle, my cousin, and then her daughter. So that mm-hmm. was nice. And the last time my niece had seen my cousin's daughter, there wasn't much interaction. Uh-huh. But this time there was like a lot more interaction. How old is uh is your other niece? My uh, other niece. Cousin. I just have one. Sorry. 
For, yeah, your first cousin. My Second cousin. Cousin is third cousin. How old is two? All right. That should be my second cousin. Yeah, second cousin. Second cousin? She'd be your fourth First, cousin. Second. Yeah, second cousin. She's your fourth cousin. Yeah. That's that's a fact. So, very cool. But, very but my, cool. My sister-in-law made mac and cheese for that barbecue, so that was good. Mm-hmm. My aunt, though, bought these cones that were, like, covered in... You, you ever see those uh, good humor bars with the the strawberry shortcake? Um, it's, like, pink and, and white. Oh, yeah. Those are great. So one of the cones was like that. One was chocolate covered like uh, cookie crumbs. It was like an Oreo one. And then the other one was like a strawberry shortcake good humor bar. Oh, man. Really good. Filled with like, uh, I'm assuming it was like a, some sort of uh, cream cheese frosting thing inside. That sounds great. Yeah, that was really good. And then um, my my neighbors have a garden. Like I had mentioned the other week with that pizza. That they had made me, they brought over cucumbers. And I'm like, let me try pickling. And I tried pickling, and I think they turned out pretty good. Hey, there like, you go. It's like funny the, you said that. The I half actually... sour, you know, the half sour ones you get at like a kosher deli or something? Yeah. Tastes just like that, and they're gigantic cucumbers, too. That's pretty cool. I was actually watching something earlier, and they were talking about pickling uh, their food. Like, pickling is so good. Was it something with Amish people? What were you watching? Um, it was some cooking show on TV. It was some cooking show on the New York City channel. What were they pickling? I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe radish, cabbage, vegetables. I forgot. Pickled cabbage is sauerkraut. That is very true. Very true. Which is um, a fantastic – I'm a big fan of sauerkraut. I even tweeted it, <laughs> I think, yesterday. I was like, sauerkraut's the best. Uh, I, I used think... to, When I used to go to Nathan's, I would literally obviously have the biggest soda. Mm-hmm. And on my way out, I would just fill it to the brim with sauerkraut and take that home with me. I, think I that love the, sauerkraut. The best – actually, I just had sauerkraut the other day. We had uh, hot dogs for dinner. And the sauerkraut just hit the spot. You know, it was it was a great hot dog. I do not know um, the brand of it, but it was incredible. We had Nathan's hot dogs at the barbecue, by the way. Nice. You know, sometimes a hot dog is just great. It just hits the spot, you know? It had been a long time since I had a hot dog, and I was, like, craving one. And then my brother's like, oh, let's have a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he had the hot dogs, and I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think hot dogs are incredible. Nothing like a good old hot dog. Yeah, but how was yeah. your week? My week was great, you know? It, the week went by so very, very fast. I actually went into New York City. Oh, um, big man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went into New York City this past, uh, this past week of the end, and it was awesome, you know? So I went down to Pier, I believe Pier seventy four. Pier, Pier six se- brawl. No, 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 that not that one. There is no fighting at this place. Uh, Pier seventy four. It's right behind um, Jacob Javits Center. Right behind Jacob Javits Center, and it was awesome. It was very cool. 
Um, they had free music on the what pier. What was it, a club? No, no, it was a festival. It was like a barbecue festival. Who did you go with? I met up with one of my friends from uh, from Final Frontier that I work with. I met up with her and then some of her friends. So we went to – I met up with them at this pier. And it was pier really, 76, by the way. It, okay, so it is Pier 76. Um, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And then after that, we went to – You could have uh, gone to the Intrepid. We could have. It was right we there. Could, we could have went to the Intrepid. Then after that, we went to another – we went to a restaurant a few blocks over from there. I forgot the name of the restaurant, though. Southeast. Okay. Southeast? No, south or east. <laughs> like, which <laughs> direction from Pier 76 did you go in? Um, What direction we went? Well, I mean, you can't really go further. You can't go west. west. No, you can't, you go, can't west. go west unless you're crossing <laughs> the bridge over to... To the link you're going through. Yeah, the you can't tunnel. you can't go west. So we went east. <laughs> but you could definitely go south, but um no no, I believe we went just east. Yeah, you we went, went over avenues east. instead of streets, okay. I believe so. Um I don't remember what the place was called. Was it but... in Times Square or no? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, nope. It was I don't. I can't even. I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna end up wasting our time on this podcast just trying to figure out what it was. But it was like a, it was a burger this, joint. Like, it was a burger, burger joint. It was a burger joint. Okay. It was a burger joint. I ended up getting a chicken club sandwich over there. You know. Um. But yeah. And then after that, we ended you up going the chicken to, clubs. Huh? I think you said that one time before. You went to a burger place and ordered a chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. It's been my thing. I don't know. The burgers have been... Was it Burger World? Nope. Nope, nope. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Their their logo is white. Uh, yellow. It's yellow. It's not Buffalo Wild Wings. Burger Mania, Burger and Lobster, Bryant Park, Burgerology. Nope, nope, and nope. Nothing's nope, coming nope, up. And nope. Nothing, nothing. Nothing at all. But after all of that, we ended up deciding to go to Bollywood Night. So we went to Bollywood Night at the 455th Avenue um, Club, I guess. Um, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, we ended up getting... Where was that? 455th Avenue. You were like all over the city then. Yeah. yeah. How'd you get there? You walked? Uh, We did walk. Jeez. We did walk. So we walked from 76th. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That yeah. sucks. That's like, isn't that like Empire State Building territory? Yeah. <laughs> so we walked from Pier 76 down to. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean. It was long. You know, but we walked from, so we walked from Pier 76 to 450. What did I say? 455th Avenue. Avenue. It's like, I mean, we've done for, it's a little bit further east, but we've done that walk similar for Comic-Con. That's true. That's true. You know, um, but what was interesting is that while we were walking and stuff, it was really nice because we got to walk 
by uh, Brian Park. We got to walk by Brian Park. We got to walk by the library. Um, and I'm such a history buff. I love all of that stuff. I yeah. think that... A history buff like uh, like uh, Ghostbuster history or... I did not see uh, see the firehouse. No, but... but that's where they filmed the, the New York Public Library there. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Winnie the Pooh, the original Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Kanga, and Piglet are inside. And Eeyore, I think. That I actually knew. Yeah. That I actually knew. But, yeah. Um, so we walked by there, and that was just awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I was just blown away by seeing even Bryant Park at night. It was so crowded still, but it was it was awesome. And then at this at this place that we went to, it was just beautiful views, beautiful views of the Empire State Building. Um, it's just really breathtaking. And I I don't know. I love New York City. I love New York City for that aspect. I know, but yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I did. It was my friend's birthday, so we did Bollywood night. New York City is where I got to see She-Hulk on Broadway. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, She-Hulk came out this week, and the actress that plays She-Hulk, Tatiana, was on Broadway, and I went to a show that she was in. Oh. It was network with uh, uh, Brian Cranston. And Tony Goldwyn, who plays Tarzan. Uh-huh. So. Huh. I just, I think it's cool that I, I saw her on Broadway. I got her autograph. I wish I got pictures with them. I didn't. Really? Cranston I got a picture with, but for some reason. Oh, Kings of Kobe. Oh, that sounds expensive. Kings of Kobe we went to. Uh, No, it wasn't uh fancy. <laughs> but Kings of Kobe, it was definitely good. I thought but, you were about to say Kings of COVID. I was like, what the f-? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. You have the Kings of Leon, you have the Kings of Kobe, and you have the Kings of COVID. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we went to Kings of Kobe. That's where it was. Um, and then the place was, oh, it was not too fit. Uh, it was 230th Fifth Avenue. It was at the 235th Rooftop Bar. That's why I am not good at the directions because so originally on my phone I put the two the I put four fifty. I th- I don't know why I think maybe because uh, pro I wrestling. Thinking, yeah, I really think it was that <laughs> instead of the two thirty. So I we I kind of took us in the opposite direction that we had to go through, but because of that we did get to walk by the library and Bryant Park and stuff like that. So that was uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, no, it was uh, at the 235th rooftop bar and it was really awesome there. But hey, enough about that. Everybody's listening because they want to hear us talk about some pro wrestling. So let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. And I think that now that Triple H is in charge, we can refer to it now as pro wrestling instead of sports entertainment. They certainly said it enough on the uh, program tonight. Or yeah, on so that I, night. But yeah, I do believe we, uh, we're back to pro wrestling now. It, it opened up with a new theme song, Pyro. 
And then the Judgment Day came out. Damian Priest spoke about him versus Edge and how it's going to be him versus Edge and no other members of Judgment Day will be ringside. He threatened to end Edge's career. And then Rey Mysterio jumps them from behind. Rhea Ripley gets in Rey's face. Finn Balor brings a chair into the mix, which Rey Mysterio uses at first. He obviously wanted to hit Rhea Ripley. I don't fully understand that story aspect of it because... I think we it's saw, just we saw Ray in the Royal Rumble hit Nia Jax. Ah, uh, you see, so, you have to bring that part up. So it's like, uh, should you hit her with a chair? No, but you could, you could hit her with a six one nine. Yeah, a hundred percent. So she ends up <laughs> grabbing the chair. Damian Priest takes over. Rhea Ripley hits a DDT on the chair, and then they hold the chair over Rey Mysterio's chest while Finn Balor hits a coup de grace. Boom. Yeah. And just I I I don't know where so I don't know Dominic was out injured I don't know who else is left that's it yeah I guess so I wasn't I was thinking maybe Edge was gonna come out but because no, I wasn't be ex- in Toronto next week yeah I was in I wasn't really expecting that coup de gras to actually hit and hit, but, hit what seemed like quite hard I still have no idea uh, how yeah. they land moves like that. Yeah, that you have to like brace yourself real hard for that one. But I don't think first, they do though. I don't know. I don't know. They're but like first some trade secret, right? First match of the night: Alexa Bliss and Asuka pick up the victory over Nikki Ash and Dewdrop in order to advance in that tag team title tournament. Um, I guess this was predictable. Yeah, I think so. They uh, a big clip going viral, I guess, from this, which I didn't even notice at the time. I, they when they came back from commercial, they showed Dewdrop crushing Alexa Bliss into the ring post that took place during the commercial break. I thought it was a really nice move. Yeah, then apparently it goes viral the- because Dewdrop's protecting Alexa Bliss in that spot. How dare she protect somebody who has had a concussion in the past? How dare she? How dare she let me see it as a fan? I want to believe it. I want to buy into pro wrestling. I want It's still real to me, damn it. And how dare she protect her head? Yeah. Stupid. Dana Stupid. Brooke and Tamina were shown watching this match, which I thought was weird because they were already eliminated from the tournament. Yeah. If anything, they should be pissed off at production. Just saying. Uh, for the oh, camera the fans. Angle. I yeah, thought you were talking ca- about for, Tamita and Dana no, Brooke. For, for the camera angle, you know, but... But with them, them being shown, it really didn't make sense, but it got them on television. Yeah. Um, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and, and EO Sky came out afterwards, and they argued with uh, Alexa Bliss and Asuka and Bianca Belair, who was there, too. Uh, and then Kenny Dykstra trended because <laughs> he was out there for that segment. Uh, hey, because he works as an agent. That's really cool. I didn't even realize he was on as an agent. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think he signed on last year, but this. I don't know how long he's been like actually doing it. Uh huh. After this, we saw Austin Theory get interrupted by Dolph Ziggler, and he spoke about having the Money in the Bank briefcase and successfully cashing it in. And then Theory called him uh, over the hill, and it has been. And Ziggler headbutts him. They brawl into the camera to end that segment, go to commercial. I thought that was a really cool way to go to commercial. Because yeah. it was just like a sudden, there, they're in the camera, and boom, that's that's the end of it. That's the commercial break. Yeah, I thought that was a cool part, too. 
Uh, after that, Miz and Champa. We saw Champa speak about almost becoming the United States champion last week, and then Miz blamed AJ Styles and also gifted Champa a necklace of a card with both of them on it, so they both have one now. It's like of Miz hugging Champa from behind or whatever. And then Champa and Miz end up picking up a victory over Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. I thought this was a cool match. Very nice to see Ali and Cedric on Raw. I think yes. they work very well together as a team. They've been getting praise for main event matches. So I think that's mm. pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think something huge to take away is that that closing the finish. Yeah, Mustafa Ali thought Miz was the legal person, and he went for a 450 splash, but Champa catches him with that sliding knee and hits the fairy tale ending to pick up the victory. Yeah, and that... I, that- that Definitely. sliding knee was sick. Yeah, and I expect I expect to see more from Cedric and Ali on Raw. Like I don't expect that to be like a one-time thing now. I hope so. I hope we get to see more, you know. It, they're a great tag team together. After that, they spoke about Ezekiel and they showed a clip of Kevin Owens talking uh taking him out and showed a picture of Ezekiel in the hospital. With his family by his side, all played by Elias. <laughs> and they got a video from Ernie Jr., who is an older version of them. So I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, that was good. More segment stuff. A lot of segments here. We had McIntyre come out, speaking about how the fans deserve a champion on both brands, both shows. And he's the one that can do that. And he brought up his back injury. Kind of makes a joke about it. Kind of like brushes it off. And then he lists it off some possible championship matches that he could possibly have if he was possibly champion. Him versus Champa, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Karrion Cross, And then Kevin Owens came out to yell at him. And he brought up being, he's, he's, I'm the prize fighter. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going by that now. And he drops in enough is enough. It's time for a change again. Owen Hart trended on Monday Night Raw because of that. Overall, this was a great promo between the both of them. Yeah, and Kevin Owens, I'm coming for every champion in WWE. I'm coming for the WWE champion, regardless of who walks out at Clash at the Castle. Both of them had a super fired up promo back and forth, and he challenged him to a fight. Kevin Owens saying that he hasn't been champion in five years. And I thought it was incredible. They followed it up. McIntyre picks up the victory over Kevin Owens via disqualification. Damn good match. And the fans were beyond split in this match. Yeah. It was awesome. Kevin Owens hit that frog splash in a swanton. McIntyre kicks out of both of them. He hits the white noise from the, the middle rope. Kevin Owens kicks out. He counters the Claymore. McIntyre counters a stunner, and then it's like super kick, super kick, headbutt, lariat, boom. Fantastic match. McIntyre ends up countering the pop-up powerbomb, hits the future shock, and goes for the Claymore, gets jumped by the Usos. McIntyre comes out on the, the top of that segment, but Kevin Owens hits him with a stunner and yells at the Usos, say, tell the, t- tell the tribal chief he owes me one. <laughs> 
And He's then the great. Usos went to go get back in the ring for a 1D, but McIntyre took them out with the Glasgow kiss and a, a Claymore. Fantastic yeah. segment. Really, really good. I agree with you. And I, I especially love the aspect of the Usos getting involved with this, too. Yeah. But that you know. just that, that promo work and then that match itself, fantastic. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, next up you had Seth freaking Rollins hit the ring for a promo. Um, <laughs> he came out just because Riddle had, well, he was going to deliver his big news. Yeah. Uh, and then Riddle's big news was that he's cleared. Yeah, and Seth Rollins was really bashing him, and, you know, it kind of uh, backfired on him because Riddle was on the screen on the uh, tight end front talking to going back and forth with Rollins, and he's like, I'm not in my mom's house. I'm not in her basement or whatever. I'm actually here. And then it, the I like how the camera panned out to show, like, the backstage area, yeah, you know, I like I I like that reveal. Yeah, and then Riddle ran out and brawled, and Rollins went for a stomp on the commentary table. Riddle ends up moving. Oh wait, uh, before even all that, something I really marked for was how it started. I like how Riddle faked out Rollins when he first went to go get in the ring, like where he went to go slide into the ring, oh, yeah. and Rollins went for the curb stomp right away. But Rollins, uh, Riddle like. Went to slide in, but he didn't slide in, and instead Rollins went for the stomp, and then he grabbed his foot and pulled him to the outside. Yeah, I thought that was such a a great fake out. And then Riddle laid out that challenge for the PLE, and Seth Rollins accepted. Yeah. After that, we saw Veer pick up the victory over Bo Keller. Dude, Veer is awesome. But there really wasn't a reaction from the crowd, which kind of sucks. And they don't know I, any better. I hope that like. He gets built up because Veer is great. Oh yeah, so this this was awesome. You know, I thought that this this was really awesome. Um, I thought that just him with the million dollar arm, with that close that lariat that he did. Um, I like how they call it the cervical clutch. Yeah, you know, it's he's awesome, dude. So uh, earlier in the night, w- during that brawl with Dolph Ziggler and Austin Theory, we saw a hand pop into frame from the doorway. And it was Bray Wyatt. No. And when okay. McIntyre was walking to the ring, we saw a crew putting out a fire inside of a trash can. Which we don't know how it got started. We also saw Adam Pearce talking to security while Lashley was warming up. For this match, we see Lashley pick up the victory over AJ Styles to retain, which... This was the first time they they ever met one-on-one. I would have thought for sure back in the earlier days, like maybe 2009-ish, we would have seen them face off in TNA. Yeah. Didn't happen. And this was another match where the crowd was split. But Champa and Miz came out during this, and Champa gets up on the apron to distract the referee and Bobby Lashley. Miz goes after AJ Styles, but Dexter Loomis shows up. Security jumps on him, and Corey's like, ignore him. Don't even say his name. Don't give him any attention. Treating it as if he's like a streaker at a, a sporting event or something. Yeah. I think that's a, a, an okay thing to do. Yeah, I thought it was totally fine. During the break, though, we saw Lashley took Miz out. Champa gets kicked out. And I thought this was another really good match. Lashley reversed the calf crusher with the hurt lock. AJ reverses that into a pin. Match keeps going. Lashley, finally, he ducks the phenomenal forearm and hits a spear to win, but 
I know this is uh, like, and for for a while now, we don't get matches that are this long on Monday Night Raw. No, I'm saying it really I'm, good. I'm saying it right now. I think this is really some of the best stuff that we've been seeing from Bobby Lashley. Yeah, um, you know, especially in a in a long time, we haven't seen this sort of Bobby Lashley, and I I think that he's been doing incredible. Yeah, after that, we saw Dakota Kai pick up the victory over Dana Brooke who had words earlier in the night. I think it was definitely obvious that Dakota Kai was winning this. I would have liked for it to be a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. I thought that time-wise it was fine. I thought it was funny on commentary. Byron was like, Dana said that she's going to be winning this for all the veterans. And Corey's like, he like snapped. He goes, the veterans? Dakota Kai has been around way longer than Dana Brooke. So I thought that was funny. But the main event, we saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. Pretty surprised that this was the main event. But I think Dolph Ziggler deserves to be there. And yeah. Austin Theory needs the main event because of the briefcase. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that I think that this main event was awesome. And I definitely agree with you. I think that him being there in the main event, both of them, it makes sense. I mean, Ziggler deserves it. Theory has to stay relevant with that briefcase. Um, overall, I thought that it was really done well. I was Especially surprised. Because I, I still think he's going to be the youngest WWE champion. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he was even going to be a uh, main event too. Yeah, you know? nice ending it, sequence. I thought where Theory cheated and the referee caught his feet on the ropes and then uh, he reversed the Famouser into the ATD. Yep. But uh, I was thinking because of this being the main event, I thought maybe we were going to see something bigger happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, all those backstage occurrences were because of Dexter Loomis, even though you choose to not believe that. We don't know that, my it friend. Was his, it was his glove. What are you talking about? Doesn't mean that he started a fire. Okay. We don't well, know we move that. on to NXT Heat Wave, where Paul Heyman narrates the opening video, which I thought was cool, given that ECW Heat Wave was a, a predominant event for ECW. So I thought that was pretty cool. But the first match, we saw Carmelo Hayes pick up the victory over Giovanni Vinci to retain the North American Championship. Another trash can fire here. We saw Hayes come out and burn a t-shirt with Vinci's face on it. Uh... For the actual match itself, we saw Trick get involved during a commercial break. Gets into the ring later on. Eats a powerbomb from Vinci. But uh, Carmelo Hayes was able to counter another powerbomb and and win after that. But I think Giovanni Vinci could totally get a main roster push right now and be good. I'm not saying Carmelo Hayes can't because he 100% can. But I think Vinci... I don't think Vinci needs... NXT. I almost said WCW, and then I almost said NXT, uh, ECW. I mean, I don't think either of them need NXT. No, no not at all. I mean, and Vinci, I feel like he's already um, solidified himself. And then, is, I mean, he was with, uh, what was it, um, Evolve for a long time, too. But even with him being part of Imperium, we we definitely don't need... If Imperium, the rest of them, the rest of them being Walter and, and Kaiser at this point... Mm-hmm. If they are on the main roster, then Vinci 100% could be on the main roster, too. Yeah, I agree. After that, Julius Creed uh, addressed Diamond Mine, 
And he was like, him and Brutus, they've done everything they could for Roderick Strong. They've done everything they could for Diamond Mine. But what Julius saw in the footage, he saw Tony D'Angelo tap the mat, which he thought was a signal to signify that Roderick Strong should hit him with his knee. And then Roderick Strong yelled at them, like, how dare you say that? What do you think about that at first? Do you think Roderick Strong is in cahoots with Tony D'Angelo? Because I feel like no. Hmm. I mean, I don't think he is. I don't think he's in cahoots with him. With Especially D'Angelo. now with the, the the other match that took place. Yeah, but... exactly. I don't think he was in cahoots. I think it's just something <laughs> that... Julius Creed is wrong, perhaps? Yeah, I think that Julius Creed is wrong. And I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know where this would end up going, though. Well... Where it's going to actually end up going, it seems like, Gallus shows up. The first of the NXT invasion, Gallus show up, Mark you... Coffey, Joe Coffey, and Wolfgang, and they, they took out Diamond Mine. Yeah, and for a moment, you thought, like, maybe they were with Roderick Strong. Yeah. But then Roderick Strong was in that corner, and I don't know who it is, but they nailed him with, like, a flying headbutt, it looked like. And I thought... That, like, they should have mentioned Mark being the current holder of the NXT UK Heritage Cup. But I guess that doesn't... uh, Who knows what matters with who's holding what. Well, it's... uh, I'll talk about that later, I guess. But later on, though, we did see Josh Briggs and and, uh, Brooks Jensen. They were being interviewed, and Gallus interrupted them. They want the NXT UK Tag Team titles. Now, who is Gallus? It's Mark and Joe Coffey and Wolfgang. Wolfgang, so who, big fan of Wolfgang from the start of NXT UK. So, Coffees are the tag team? Yeah, but like... And Wolfgang's like the solo guy? I can't really say that because they've held solo... Like, Mark, currently storyline-wise, is the... Or like TV-wise, at least, is the, mm. the UK Heritage Cup holder. I, I don't really know them. I mean, I've seen their names, and I mean, we've promoted them on Mark and Out uh, when we were used to back many moons ago when we actually used to promote indip- well, uh, live events. But Wolfgang, I'm familiar with. I know you've been a huge fan of Wolfgang from the start. Yeah. And like Mark and Wolfgang were tag team champions. Ah, so it's really okay. So it's kind of like a. I mean, it's not like a new day, but everybody pretty much teams with everybody. Uh, yeah, kind of. Gotcha, gotcha. But uh, yeah, so they they want the tag team titles. That match is set up for next week. Yeah. Well, next up, you had Cora Jade take on Roxanne Perez and pick up the victor over Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez. She just couldn't do the deed. She couldn't finish her off with that weapon. She wasted no time getting to the ring, though, and attacking Cora Jade. Uh-huh. But I think they worked very well together here. Yeah. that Like, they both did uh, the same moves to each other. And uh, I also, I liked Roxanne Perez using the page turner. Yeah. Cora Jade, though, gets that kendo stick involved, like you said. And Roxanne went to use it. But she couldn't. She didn't. Yeah. Jade takes advantage of that and picks up the victory. Yeah. Where was the distraction? I forgot. I know she, like, had it, and then, oh, maybe she looked at the referee. Should that have been a DQ, though, that 
uh, Core Jade hit the double arm DDT onto it to win. You know, I don't think so because you can use you're if you're able to do a move like that in No Mercy, then it should be okay. Because <laughs> I used to do that all the time, where I would get the ring bell and set up in the ring, and then do a double arm DDT into the ring bell, and yeah, it was it never affect you in the. Huh? Did it affect your character? Uh, no. So. Not that I know of, but it looked really, really cool, and it made that noise. After that, <laughs> Tony D'Angelo picked up the victory over Santos Escobar in an all-or-nothing street fight. Huge, uh, huge, um, <laughs> swerve. I didn't expect that. Cool entrance for Santos. I'll say that. Yeah. And like Roxanne Perez, he didn't wait long to start. He controlled the majority of this match. We saw Legato ringside fighting with Stax. Tony takes over at one point. The The suicide dive from Santos I thought was absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Not the craziest suicide dive we saw this week, though. I'll talk about that with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tony he accidentally ran Electra Lopez over at one point. And he goes, he got his crowbar. And he got to use it before... Santos could use the brass knuckles. So now Santos Escobar is out of NXT and Legato stays with the D'Angelo family. Yeah, I I like this. I like how right at the very end it was just like a stare off and then a, a face off and then it was just like who can get to it first. Yeah. Um, but I guess now Santos Escobar is done with NXT, right? I mean, that is what, uh, storyline wise, that is what it is. Yeah. So SmackDown, I don't know. I mean, where, where, okay. So let's say he's done with NXT. Okay. Where, how do you put it? How do you debut Santos Escobar on the main roster now and where? I mean, Play it out. Play it out. I don't know. He was he was a former champion with uh, Angel Garza's uncle, I believe. Mm-hmm. So you would put them with Angel uh, Garza and Umberto Carrillo? Not necessarily, but I feel I feel like that would be I don't know. I feel like I would want him in a higher spot, kind of like Champa right now with the Miz. Right. Like I wouldn't I... necessarily want. Santos to go from one group to another group. Uh-huh. So, and I think he's, like, very, like, he's solid enough on his own that he could just be Santos Escobar. Oh, yeah. I, so, I totally agree with you. So where are you going to fit him in, then? I don't know. I mean... It's like, I, I can't see him dethroning Gunter. What happens if he goes after Ziggler? To protect theory. Why would that make any sense? I don't know. And I can't see him taking the title from Bobby Lashley. Um, could happen. No. I, I mean, Champa. I don't know. Champa gave him a big fight showing that Lashley is beatable, even though Lashley won. But especially, but I mean, like in the aspect of size difference. I mean,. If Champa was able to nearly defeat Lashley, Santos Escobar can. Maybe he'll be. I could see him being like backstage, or something like that, where everybody pops for him being there. 
But then I don't know where he would fit actually in. I I don't know. At this rate, I would say the best bet is SmackDown. But I mean, for what? all we know, like we record right now, he could I be know, on he... SmackDown already. I know. But like that's the thing. I'm trying to figure out where even on SmackDown would he fit in. And I'm not I'm drawing blanks. I don't know. Probably Carson in Korea. I guess, and then just build them up. But I don't know. Like you said, I think that he would be good as a solo. Yeah. But yeah. Backstage we saw Indy Hartwell talking to Katana Chance and Caden Carter. About their victory from last week. Yeah, and then, then she gets a message and she opens it up and it revealed a picture from Dexter Loomis, Index Forever. And the crowd went wild and all of our hearts filled up with that warm, fuzzy feeling inside. And we were all very happy. And then uh, the next UK invasion happened. We saw Blair Davenport show up. Who is Basically, she? Basically, who is she? Yeah. B. Priestley. <laughs> oh. So she shows up, rips up the, the love picture. So I don't know what that builds to, but. Well, she says she wanted to be the next champion. champion. Yeah, but. I mean, I don't know where the index happens. I mean, obviously, I feel like index is something that could transcend to the main roster well i'm waiting for the way so (laughs) well who knows when that's gonna happen but next up you had mandy rose pick up the victor over zoe stark to retain her women's championship match was really good prior to the match zoe stark had uh another scan here which was like a picture of her holding up the title Mm mm-hmm uh, but yeah, I thought that was cool, and, and Toxic Attraction got involved, and the referee saw, so he kicked them from ringside, but Nikita Lyons showed up, Zoe Stark's partner in the, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament, and she took them out, and then... I need her to stop kicking so much. <laughs> I'm not a fan of her kicks. I am not a fan of them at all. I'm sorry, but her kicks, I get it, it's cool, yada yada, but come on, please, there's so... She could throw an elbow. She could throw an elbow, but not as many kicks. Well, Mandy worked on uh, Zoe's repaired knee throughout the match. Yeah, then Zoe hits that GTS finisher, but because it was her bad knee, it didn't really. She didn't get to to get the pin right away. Yeah, and Mandy escaped the ring, and then we saw Mandy got Stark's uh, knee on the rope, beat the absolute hell out of it. Takes her knee brace off, puts it on herself, and hits her knee strike to pick up the victory. I thought, and that was one heck of a a knee strike. I mean, you heard that from across the street. Should that be a DQ? No, it's ring apparel. (laughs) Ring attire, you know? But it's... eh. I mean, was Lex Luger... uh, Actually, I think it was DQ if you used his elbow. (laughs) Rey Mysterio once busted somebody open with his knee brace by mistake. I feel like that I wasn't remember, a TQ, but... but when? I mean, in WWE, obviously. Yeah, I I feel like I remember, but I don't remember. But I don't know. I think that that we're gonna call it a V trigger. <laughs> I think that that I'm I'm gonna call it an M trigger. And that okay. M trigger was 
awesome. Uh, after that, like it. we they had a it. video package or a video promo from Quincy Elliott, who's been on Level Up. Now he's coming to NXT TV. He goes by the Super Diva. He comes out on a Vespa. The NXT crowd down there, the the Performance Center, love him. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him, Quincy. Yeah, and then we saw the main event. Braun Breaker picks up the victory over JD McDonough to retain the NXT Championship. Earlier in the night, we saw Apollo Cruz in Braun Breaker's locker room, kind of like while Braun's war, uh, warming up, Apollo's like probably giving him some sort of pep talk, but he looks at the title. He looked at the title, and then Grayson Waller also, he invited Apollo Crews to be part of the first episode of the Grayson Waller Effect next week. And uh, the match itself, I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I mean, I like the, I like how J.D. McDonough kind of just kept on standing his ground against Braun Breaker. He worked on Braun's shoulder in this match. Braun hits like three spears and his power slam to pick up the victory finally. Yeah, I mean... There was one point where he got hit with a spear, and then J.D. McDonough kind of just stands up all bloodied from the nose. Yeah. And everybody, and he's just standing there. He's pretty much like antagonizing Braun Breaker, like, hit me again, hit me again, you know? And then he got hit again. I think Braun needs, like, uh, more, like, name opponents. Like Shelton Benjamin. I think that it's t- um, like not quite the level of Goldberg because it's NXT and Goldberg's not going to be working NXT. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, it seems like he'll take out Apollo Creed. Cruz. Cruz. But right. yeah, somebody like Shelton Benjamin, somebody like, I mean, I, I don't want to say Ultimo Dragon or something like that, but like. I don't see something But do you like know that. what I mean, though? Not necessarily Ultimo Dragon, but like somebody who has a name who's known for being really then, good in the ring. But now what... All right, so they bring in not Ultimo Dragon. Braun Breaker picks up the victory. It's just something to elevate him. But now what? I mean, you go to whoever's going to take the title off him eventually. Or, or you go to another feud. That's true. Here, I mean, after this match, we had Tyler Bates show up. I mean... Yeah. With the NXT UK Championship. And NXT has a lot of guys who can, I feel like, uh, put on a good show with Breaker. I mean, yeah. Sokoa and the list go. It, they have a long list down there of uh, powerhouse wrestlers that are, that are very um, just big, you know? I would say Cesaro, but that's clearly not a thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's not going to happen. But Tyler Bates shows up with the NXT UK Championship. He has not won that on television yet. Maybe CM Punk? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, there are heavy rumors swirling around. Yeah, CM Punk versus Braun Breaker at next pay-per-view. I heard uh, he's going <laughs> to take his ball home and uh, join NXT. <laughs> but uh, Tyler Bates, they end up teasing Worlds Collide, which they then confirmed later on the ne- uh, the two days after, I guess, that it's going to be taking place the night after Clash of the Castle. Same day as AEW's All Out. It's not competing with AEW like the fans are trying to say on Twitter. It makes no sense. There was a pay-per-view. One's on Peacock. Different times is another thing. I think it's a shame that we won't get the NXT UK Championship defended at Clash of the Castle. 
I thought for sure we'd see that title and Mako Satamora defend the women's championship. But Why? now we have Worlds Collide, so there's there's really no need for it. I just think it sucks because Clash of the Castle is like 60,000 tickets already. Yeah. So it would have been nice to see something like that. But WWE announces NXT UK. Uh, they say is going on a hiatus after Worlds Collide. And once that happened, Brandon texted me. He was a, he was a mess. He was a hot mess. Uh, you um, okay over there? But they're transitioning into NXT Europe, which will be starting in 2023. And prior to NXT UK airing, we saw releases. Which is very unfortunate. Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster, Danny Luna. That's all of subculture right there. I think Flash Morgan Webster's been trying to get a, get a release recently as of late anyway. But Wild Boar got released. He's been teaming with Mark Andrews. We saw Ashton Smith, who is injured right now. Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff, who I think worked very well together as a team. Amelia McKenzie got released. She was a protege on NXT television of Mako Satamora. I really enjoyed her in the ring. Nita Samuels, fantastic on the mic. Shaw Samuels, no relation. I thought he was great. Kenny Williams, Amel. I'm very disappointed they released Amel. Rohan Raja, Primate. There's probably going to be, hap- I guess, uh, I'm assuming more. It makes you wonder why they released so many people. Like, And, of course, I'm joking with the UK stuff. It with, seems uh, Brandon, like he did, not, he did not contact me upset. It seems but, like they're, if you're not able to go to the United States to like work NXT for right now, then or, that's it. You're right. So, but I mean, but in a business perspective, so I was talking to Brandon. This is like, so business perspective, I get it. Like, they're not going to make WWE money by staying in the UK. Number one. No, but number, there are people who aren't able to travel. Of course, but the thing is, for when you're under contract with WWE, I feel like the main objective is to for you to someday be something, but on the main roster, not in the UK. You know, you have to be able to travel travel the globe, be a a face at some point. You know, like there's a lot of goal, like a five year plan. But if there's only going to be staying in the UK. Doing that local stuff. Uh, it's just not going to be that caliber. Yeah, but now with NXT Europe, I'm assuming that we could possibly see them all back in 2023. I don't know. This all, I mean, it seems very ROH-ish right now with like the whole reconstructuring uh-huh. thing. And like, we'll, we don't know who will be part of the roster right now, but watch out for 2023. So Worlds Collide is that big blow-off where we'll know basically everybody who's involved with NXT in the United States right now. Like I mean, Tyler Bate. Personally, like I hope... Like Dallas, I, like I, B. Priestley, like uh, Blair Davenport, I should say. Personally, I would just... I I think that it just should just be NXT. I don't think that they should be competing over there. I think that it should be on NXT... And this way, at some point, be brought up to Raw or SmackDown. Um, yeah, but if there's a market overseas for that, then why wouldn't they? Because then what's the 
Endgame. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think that they have been watching the UK stuff as often because these people in the UK have been doing it for so long. And the only there's minimal people coming from there. There are minimal. I don't think when uh, when Tyler Bate came out with the championship, I don't think a lot of people knew that he wasn't champion on TV. Yeah. Like, we'll start, I mean, NXT this week, we saw NXT UK, Joe Coffey picks up the victory over Mark Andrews to advance in the NXT UK title tournament. We knew, obviously, that because of NXT this past week, Joe Coffey wasn't champion. And because, obviously, with Mark Andrews being released, unfortunately, he's not going to be NXT UK champion. Still a good match, I thought. It's just, it's sad that that could potentially be Mark Andrews' last match in WWE. And I hope yeah, that only... he continues to, I do hope that they'll be back. Yeah, only time will tell with all of that. Same thing, Amel picks up the victory over Nina Samuels. I'm a big fan of both of them. So I really do hope that we'll see them with NXT Europe. And my, my whole thing... I... What? No, I was going to say, my whole thing is, like, I don't think that... It's not that I don't think that these people are going to be good. And I don't think that these people are not uh, good currently or anything like that. I just need to see the... the um, that spotlight aspect to some of these wrestlers, you know? Well, that's because you're not... But, like, if you're not watching NXT UK... But that's the thing. Even if I'm not watching the UK stuff... It's very rare that they bring over some of these wrestlers to be to expose them to the right. people of Raw, SmackDown, even NXT. It's very rare that they do that. So that's why I feel like this UK stuff and Europe, um, it's unfortunate because I think that this UK stuff, it would be 100% better if the NXT crowd, even the Raw and SmackDown universe, were familiar with with these people instead of just being a network show maybe have it have them have a more worlds collide um pay-per-views you know on survivor series nxt should 100 percent still be involved in that but well i you mean should now be have... triple h maybe we'll see more of that maybe but the thing is uk should be involved in that too there's a potential but i mean for war games this year, maybe we see NXT versus NXT UK. No, yeah. that's a possibility. Very. But I think Nina Samuels could have easily done like backstage hosting stuff. If they're not going to have her wrestle often, she could easily do what she was doing. The Nina Samuels show easily backstage stuff and getting people's faces and just be annoying in their face. Mm -hmm. I think a Mel could have a hundred percent been a, an NXT UK champion. Now this isn't Steve. This isn't Steven, right? What? Not Steven. I don't know what that means. Amel. <whistles> oh, yeah. I'm just gonna mute myself. Sorry. We saw Chase. You pick up the victory over Eddie Dennis and Saxon Huxley, where Eddie Dennis ends up tagging himself in, and Saxon Huxley got pissed, leaves the match. Chase. You hits a, a really dope like double team flatliner finisher to pick up the victory there. Huxley gets in the ring afterwards and attacks uh, Eddie Dennis. I think Saxon Huxley might have been released too, which is a shame. Because he was like that wild wrestler type that kind of reminded everybody of Bruiser Brody. But the main event was Tyler Bate picking up the, vict the victory over Kenny Williams. 
he advances to the next round in the NXT UK title tournament. But obviously, like I said before, we know the outcome. Yeah. Still a good match, but we know the outcome. And whether or not... Whether or not you want to believe it, I think most weeks it was NXT UK having the best wrestling matches. You can go back and watch episodes on Peacock and line them up with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NWA, AEW, Impact, anything. And I think more times than not, those matches were better wrestling matches than what were on the actual television shows. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that you saying that only I am not going to dispute it at all. I could believe that, but the only reason why I'm not going to dispute it is because I'm not going to go back and watch everything from UK. And it's like people, but I do believe you people go like, Oh, I don't know who they are. Why should I care about them? And it's like, but you're not watching. That's why you don't know who they are. But that also is a thing. I don't know them. Why should I be watching? How could you possibly know them if you're not watching? But the thing is that I don't know them. That's where WWE fails. If you, that, if you, I, I feel if like, you just watch the episodes, you get to know them. They have of course, video but packages that introduce new characters and everything. It's the same thing. But that's the thing where I think WWE fails, though. That's you know? like when I, 2.0 is happening. But I feel like every, I feel like every fan should know who is on the UK, and I feel like, but that I feel like that's on WWE not promoting those wrestlers on the UK to our audience because people are going to say, I don't know them. Why should I watch? Right. If you feature them on NXT, well, guess what? Now they know them. Look at Walter. People knew of Walter. They got familiar familiar with Walter. And pe- more people started tuning into UK to watch Walter. But that's like the thing, though. When you had the NXT UK talent on the NXT shows or... When NXT UK had takeovers and people tuned in for that, they were like, well, goddamn, this is some good wrestling. Yeah. And then, like, the next week, they're like, well, I'll watch TakeOver, but I'm not going to watch regular TV every week. Yeah. So I'll always be a big supporter of NXT UK. It sucks that a bunch of the roster got released. I'm going to look forward to NXT Europe and hope that they all come back for it. And if not, maybe we'll see them in other companies. Yeah. I assume Four Worlds Collide, I didn't see anything about them getting released. I have to assume Charlie Dempsey's coming to the United States. William Regal's son. I have to assume Zaya Brookside's not getting released. Robbie Brookside's daughter. Hey, it's future me. Uh, Zaya Brookside was released. And that is very, very unfortunate. Because I was a big fan of hers. And I thought for sure she would be somebody who worked well on the main roster. Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Trent Seven was also released. Which, between her and Trent Seven, beyond shocking. Like, those two don't make sense at all. Eddie Dennis got released. Amir Jordan, uh, who was under a mask most recently, and I guess revealed via Twitter that it was him under the mask. I think everybody knew that. 
Sid Scala got released. Um, T.O. Man, which is unfortunate. All of them are unfortunate. But but Zaya Brookside and, and Trent Seven are, are the most shocking, I think. And Zaya Brookside, I've been saying for years, for years could be on the main roster. She got screwed out of being in 2K22, 100%. Gallus got screwed out of being in 2K22. Noam Dar, he's, he's I guess, spoiler alert, I guess, he, he beats Mark Coffey for the Heritage Cup. Ah, spoiler. So he's going to be walking out with the Heritage Cup when it closes. Unless it's defended on that card at Worlds Collide. So what happens to the NXT UK Championships? I have absolutely no idea. People are marking out over the idea of the European Championship being back. I saw a lot of people pulling for Sheamus to go over there and become champion. But we'll see. That was NXT UK. Going to move over to SmackDown. Ronda Rousey opens the show, coming through the crowd, calling out Adam Pearce so he can lift her suspension. And he came out with security and he's like, I just can't do that. She takes out security guards. He had police come out and took her out in cuffs. Meanwhile, the fans are cheering and chanting for her, and they're booing Adam Pierce. But in one of those segments where they're not wasting any time, we see her pulling away in a cop car. Roman Reigns pulls up. I like that little segue. Earlier in the day, Shawn Michaels announced on social media that Zoe Stark, due to what happened on NXT, was injured and not able to compete. Nikita Lyons wasn't cleared to compete. So they got replaced by Toxic Attraction in that uh, in the tag team title tournament. So that's awesome. Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai sat ringside for the match. And Toxic Attraction picked up the victory over Natalia and Sonya Deville. I I feel like that should have been like seen from miles away that they would have been the team to win. Uh, and I liked also how vocal Bailey was sitting ringside when she wasn't even on commentary. You could actually hear her. I thought that was nice. And I thought this was a good match. I wasn't expecting this to open the show. JC at the, the very end got a blind tag and Natalia locked Gigi Dolan in the, the sharpshooter. Natalia, by the way, super over. She locks her in the sharpshooter. JC comes out of nowhere, rolls Natalia up with a quick victory to pick up that, that win there. Maybe... Perhaps a little tribute to the bar. That that clip went viral this week of them winning the tag team titles with, uh, I guess, kind of like a blind tag, someone like that, where the opponents didn't know that. Uh, but I thought it was a good ending. I thought it was a good introduction to the main roster. They had a video package for them beforehand to introduce them if you were unfamiliar with them, if you don't watch NXT. So I thought that was very well done also. After that, we had Maximum Male Models where they were interrupted by Hit Row. And Max Dupree is like, you're not model material. You're not model material. So Hit Row attacks them, takes them out. And then they performed a song. And Maxine was kind of like jamming to it. And Max stopped her, dragged her to the back or whatever. So I guess that'll be the first feud for both of them with like an actual wrestling match involved. We saw a promo video for uh, from Scarlett and Karrion Cross. She spoke in tongues. Karrion Cross addresses Drew McIntyre. And he said that they chose Roman Reigns over him. They chose 
Drew McIntyre, and they were wrong based off of him being the chosen one. I thought that was a really nice promo there. Earlier in the night, we saw Sami Zayn backstage with Roman Reigns, and Roman wanted to see him. So Sammy goes in the locker room, and he's like, I feel like I've been clashing with Jay a lot. And he brought up how he ate the Claymore last week for Jay and didn't even get a thank you, didn't get a text message or anything. And Roman Reigns agreed with him. And then Jay called Roman while Roman was away from his phone. And he had Sami Zayn answer. So I guess Jay had told him that there was trouble at the border, so they won't be there. So the Usos weren't at SmackDown for that moment. And Sami Zayn brings up his match for the Intercontinental Championship, his uh, number one contender match. And Roman Reigns is like, you know, uh, that championship could look great in the bloodline. And then he asks Sami Zayn if he's good with Kevin Owens, and he's like, yeah. And Roman's like, tell him. Tell him I don't know anybody anything. And Sami's like, well, I mean, maybe not. I haven't spoken to him. He's on Raw. I'm on SmackDown. And I just, I thought overall, I thought it was a really good segment. But that leads into... The number one contender match, Sheamus picks up the victory over Madcap Moss, Ricochet, Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin. Uh, the match taking place at Clash of the Castle against Gunter. But like Natalia, Sami Zayn was over. But like he was over big time here. The Olay chants were incredible. I think it's fanfare that he deserves. And it was a really good match. I liked Sheamus at one point mocking Gunter. I liked how Sheamus, he was he was doing the beats of Baron until everybody loved that. Until Sam, he went for Sami Zayn. I thought that was fantastic. Sami got hit with a white noise and goes to the back holding his shoulder. And just prior to that, Michael Cole name drops El Generico. It had me thinking El Generico might be running down. I saw a lot of people on the timeline. El Generico, El Generico might be running down in this match here. It was not El Generico, but Sami Zayn did make his way out. Sheamus picked up the victory. And I, I do think as much as I would have liked for Sami Zayn to, to win this match, I think Sheamus was the right choice to face Gunter. And I think they're going to absolutely kill it at Clash of the Castle. After that, we saw Viking Raiders, Viking Funeral for the New Day. Sarah Logan was part of this. Masked up. They didn't mention her, but she was there. They burned New Day merchandise. I hope that Sarah Logan stays with them. Someone very familiar with Sarah Logan. Liv Morgan, backstage interviewed by Caleb Braxton, asked about facing Shotzi Blackheart and whether or not it'll put her match against Shayna Baszler in jeopardy with her shoulder being injured and Liv was like I'll do anything to keep it and I'll show you guys that just that whatever leads into Liv Morgan picking up the victory over Shotzi Blackheart they went back and forth over Twitter little war of the words and Shotzi's not buying Liv Morgan's injury or her ability to wrestle with her injury I thought it was a decent match though uh Liv Morgan gets to prove that she can wrestle with her injury. She can still win matches, even though she's not 100%. And then Shayna Baszler came out and attacked her and had her arm in a position where she could have broken it, and she spoke to Liv. She said, I can break your arm right now. 
but I'm not going to because she wants that match at Clash of the Castle. She wants the championship. I thought that was great. This is the Shayna Baszler we've been waiting for. To close SmackDown, we had Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre in a face-to-face. Even before uh, Drew McIntyre came out, we had a big Olay chance for Sami Zayn. But Roman Reigns was like, although I'm not at SmackDown every week, if anyone says they're the main event, the face of the company, or anything like that, they're lying. He brought up how McIntyre says that he carries WWE on his shoulders, and he's like, he's he's lying. I am Roman Reigns. I'm the face of the company. I am number one. McIntyre comes out, says he doesn't think Roman Reigns represents the championships the way that they deserve to be represented. He brought up how Paul Heyman works for him politically. The Usos work for him physically. I thought those lines were were very nice. I, I like those two lines. But Drew's like, since we're here by ourselves, I want to fight. So they fought. And he goes for a Claymore. Sami Zayn at the last second eats it for Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns tries to hit Drew McIntyre with a spear. Only to get hit with a Claymore. And SmackDown ends. McIntyre's holding up both championships. I thought it was a really good segment to close SmackDown. Monday Night Raw has Trish Stratus announced for it. Maybe that'll get her involved in a match somehow. I know her and Bailey have been going back and forth on Twitter. So, all in all, I know there were only three matches on this episode of SmackDown, but I think it was a very good episode. And it reminded me of the episode with uh, at Madison Square Garden, September, uh, September 10th, 2021. Only three matches, but I think they were good matches. And I liked all these matches on SmackDown. But that is SmackDown. Gonna take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. Hi, I'm Sunny Kiss, the Concrete Rose, and you are listening to Marking Out. And we are back here on Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Chris here with Brandon to carry it for the rest of the way for the sports entertainment show with Brandon. I know it's been a tumultuous week for you. How are you feeling? <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, so Spoke about did, it with did Dave. You, did, I had to edit it. I had to like go future self and put in. I was like <laughs> I was like I there's no absolutely no way Zai Brookside's getting released. And then Zai Brookside got released. There yeah. It makes no sense. It literally makes absolutely no sense. Did you put a 10 bell salute in for NXT UK? No, come on, that's not <laughs> hey, it gets top billing over AEW most of the weeks. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, it does. AEW is like an hour. NXT UK is about like an hour three and fifteen. But hey, NXT Europe, it's coming. And people think that NXT Europe's just going to be the NXT 2.0 going on tour. Really? I, and I don't know. I have no idea. Would I would like good. to hope that that's not the case. Yeah, I mean they have so much influxation from all. You know, Triple H was always very poised about saying that he wants to grow NXT internationally to like Japan and you know China and I think India we should like I mean NXT Japan I don't think is like the best idea obviously yeah because I mean you'd have to go up against New Japan and stardom yeah for sure but I'm glad you're holding in there yeah but I'll I've always a... have that wrestling figure yeah yeah <laughs> that's right 
I gotta I gotta reorganize my Lucy case because it's just overflowing Who's right Lucy? now. I got a whole bunch of Lucy's right here. I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I'm recording in my man cave. We call it the man cabana just because uh, it's like officially summer now because my wife's off from work and we've had uh, just a hoot of a week. Uh, we've been everywhere and anywhere. Started off Saturday. We went to the uh, retro video game expo at the Cradle of Aviation Museum. Jam packed. It, you know what? It wasn't it, the floor was jam like the entranceway because that's where all the vendors were selling like this, uh, you know, video games and stuff like that. I saw an on card uh, yellow card uh, Razor Ramon Hasbro, but it didn't have a price on they it. Had so vendors just... selling stuff. What? Yeah, they had vendors just selling retro video games. And... I uh, I almost went to the cradle this this past weekend and i had no idea that was even going on i'm glad that that didn't happen my niece yeah, but, was in so yeah but it was uh it was with the long Island children's museums right there too you could have went uh you could have went there i think we were actually gonna go to the firehouse the the fire that museum. was that was still open too yeah yeah um but yeah it was cool you know a lot of showing the kids old school video games they had you know wrestle what is it summer summer fest Somewhat, I, I forget. They, they had the the, the full on arcade, old, the full on arcade, which is very cool. Um, so Did you go Saturday. on the the Nunley's carousel ever or no? No, I've never. I I was on it when it was at actual shoot Nunley's. <laughs> yeah, me too. But you know, never uh, not there. I don't think I've seen it since. It's isn't it right in front of the, or where is it inside the cradle? I don't know. I didn't. Somewhere. I didn't see it. But it was cool. That was cool. We went to Prospect Park Zoo in brooklyn on monday um and i went to mission sandwich social in brooklyn this week um it's, See, it's good you you remember where you ate right off the bat dave took like nine minutes to come up with the title of the place he went to <laughs> well no it's just because i've been trying to get there forever it's it's owned and run by chef brian sow um he owned beauty in essex um he's actually the guitar player in my friend and bandmate anthony's other band lost becomes so like i had to kind of check it out and you know i said this to anthony for where it is in brooklyn williamsburg they're gourmet sandwiches and it was a mess and it was spectacular i really enjoyed it i got the steve burn which was a korean short rib kimchi fresh fry french fries mozzarella cheese ranch dressing a sesame rice wine vinaigrette scallions and lettuce so it was like it was a big mess of a sandwich but it was delicious um so that was good. Um, and then yesterday I went to the Yankee game, which was abysmal because they lost. And they just – all they've been doing is losing. But I went with Jordan. We had a good time. You had good and seats then, or what? Yeah. Well, I – like 4th of July weekend, they had like a, a like a, a 4th of July sale. So they had like section 200 for $17.76. So scoop those up. So we're sitting in the 200s. I didn't like the seats per se just because like – you had to look at like home home plate and look at um the pitcher's man. You had to cock your head a little bit to the left instead of like looking like dead on. Because usually like when we get seats, we'll get the four hundreds all the way up top, so you're looking down, you see everything. So that was my only. You were outside or inside? What do you mean? Like because they have that one spot that's inside. No, we were we were out we were outside. We were on like the we were right next to the foul pole, which was cool. I sat in that that inside spot one time. Okay. Back when it was like, I guess, sweet level or something before they opened it up as a restaurant. Yeah. Not my favorite seats at all. I don't like that. You don't get to experience like the the sound of baseball. Yes, I know. I know. Um, Beforehand, we went to Arthur Avenue and got some fresh pasta. We got some pastries, which was delicious. 
Um, and then when I came home last night, Dave uh, and our friend Dan, who was in town for the, uh, the weekend, uh, came over and were at my house at 1 o'clock in the morning. So I'm very tired today. <laughs> I said to David, I was like, what What time you got to go to work that you're, you're at Chris's house right now? Yeah, I know. It was just like, no, but like we were hanging, you know, like by the time they got here, it was 1030. So like we're hanging, having some drinks, you know, talking. And then I look and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 1230. That's and an unexpected time- late night for both of you. I know, and then I was up at like 6.30, and I have work today. Like, after we do this, I have to go do a site test for uh, one of our preview shows that we're doing next week. And then Sunday, I leave for vacation. So, really, like, it's it's funny because, like, the first half of summer, I really didn't do that much. And now that Rachel's off and, like, we're doing stuff as a family, everybody's, like, hunkered down and doing, like, all the things. So, on top of me working and doing all this stuff and editing and recording this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, let's go back to last week and talk about wrestling and talk about AEW Rampage Quake by the Lake 2. Um, Quake by the Lake 1 because whatever. I'm tired. Anyway, started off the show interview segment. Brian Danielson comes to the ring, interviewed by Tony Schiavone, saying he's not 100%. He'll never be 100%. But if Daniel Garcia wants to slay him and call himself the Dragon Slayer, He's going to stop him, and it's not. he's not going to stop him, and his career is going to continue after Wednesday. Yeah, and Brian won't stop wrestling on his own. No. Garcia absolutely. came out, calls him his hero. I, you know what? I really enjoyed this. You know, I was saying, you're my hero, blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing. And Yeah, and Brian, Daniel, Brian Danielson's like, do you want to be the best technical sports entertainment on the planet, entertainer on the planet, or do you want to be the best technical wrestler in the world? I like that he made mention to saying, you know, when I the first people that I wanted to recruit in the Blackpool Combat Club was you, but then you went with Jericho instead. So they're really like making a good story with Daniel Garcia here, and we'll talk. We'll definitely talk about it because they had a great two out of three falls match on Dynamite. But um, let's get to the action. Uh, the AAA mixed championships were on the line, <laughs> and then the next match. First, time, uh, it was literally of- the first time they've been defended. I, I don't want to talk about it. I really don't. I think uh, I think we should say, I think, why did I say think twice? <laughs> I think we should say that Ty Conti. Ty Conti is now going by Ty Mello randomly. Yeah, so. All right, that's all we got to talk about that. Next up, uh, his debut match on Dynamite, on Rampage, Parker Boudreaux. I always, I was, I've been calling him Bordeaux since his inception into wrestling. Yeah. You know, I've been calling her Crandall. Uh, defeated the Concrete Rose Sunny Kiss. So this was Sunny Ro- Sunny Kiss's first uh, TV match in a very, very long Two time. Two years. Really? Yeah. So good to see Sunny on TV. Very um, obvious I, that Sunny was losing here, but I mean, I don't. I still not don't even get an Par- entrance, but I still don't get Parker Boudreaux. Comes out looking know. like a hot bag of milk, you know. Also, uh, what about that? And then he uh, gets signed to. And then he gets signed to All Elite Wrestling. I don't understand it. What about that knockoff? Entourage theme song. I uh, I didn't watch Entourage. You never watched Entourage? I never watched Entourage. Bro, that's like I didn't a have show HBO. That was like one of my favorite shows. Yeah, we used to have Entourageathons. Re- wow, that's a, <laughs> that's a word and a half. Yeah. So, but I think um, the the bigger thing to come from this happens later on. Yes. Uh, after this, you have the Gun Club picking up a surprising victory over Beardhausen, Danhausen, and Eric Redbeard. Fun match. Might have been the best we've ever seen Redbeard. Yeah. Not and like in-ring-wise, but shape-wise, perhaps. Yeah, he's, he's working for that comeback, brother. They set up a, a tag team move, but the referee was focused on them. And then Colton, I hated this part, because Colton grabs the referee's leg to like talk. 
And she turns around, and then Billy pulls down the rope. I hated oh. that part. It made no sense. But uh, the gun club gets the victory here, and Billy gets on the microphone afterwards and says, uh, you know, you get, they have to toughen up, and maybe you have to prove yourself uh, next week. Still not happy him. with them. Yeah, Stokely Hathaway looks like he's happy because, uh, you know, he passed a, a business card to the gun club as they walked off. Yeah. After that, we so, saw Hook come out, basically saying that the FTW Championship's always an open challenge. I, no, no, he didn't say that. He just said, yup. Well, I mean, he was asked about it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then That's it. the reality, Zach Clayton interrupted, who is... Uh, yeah, who is this, like, I, I, I thought he was, I really thought he was a reality TV star. He is. Really? It's I, I'm, That's Jay Wow's husband, I think. Ah, okay. And he's talking about taking the championship to Jersey as if Jer- get out of here. Yeah, get, the armpit of America. I'm not even like no, hell no. But it sets up a match for Rampage this week, which we'll speak about next week. <laughs> yeah, I mean we can already say there's no way that guy won. So yeah, I know absolutely. Not. Main event though, we saw Orange Cassidy pick up the victory over Ari Davari. Uh, Davari These at guys... the start was like, you should let me pin you. Yeah, and he said he'd so pay him off. I, but I liked, Cassidy I liked, down. I liked the cat and mouse type uh, thing they did, where he goes to pin him, just rolls. Goes to pin him again, rolls over again. So I don't uh, necessarily think this was a main event match. Uh, you know what? I feel, but like, I, you had to put this in there because of the aftermath. Right. But I, I like. I thought it was a great sell from the orange punch by Davari. Yeah, he's very good. He's he, apparently he's all elite now. Seems like it. But everybody yeah. they they say oh they signed a tiered contract or whatever. Back when AEW started, Cody said every single contract, even if you're extra work, is a tiered contract. So I have no idea what the hell a tiered contract means. Yeah, I I could care less. Good good for him being on TV. I thought he was great in that two hundred five live uh, aspect. So now, apparently, like, this Trust Busters stable is supposed to be a big part of Ring of Honor, so. Well, Slim J attacked Orange Cassidy. Do we know who Slim J is? I don't remember Slim ever. Slim J is actually, like, a Ring of Honor, like, original. I don't remember ever hearing of him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't heard of him either. And they brought him in, when they brought him in with the Trust Busters, they were like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, uh, main st- he was uh, Ring of Honor uh, original, so cool. So, yeah, but when they say original, was it like... 2022 yeah. original or whatever no not 2022 or 2000, 2021 or whatever but best friends jumped in and uh parker took them out and sunny kiss ran down to what looked like a save for orange cassidy and then low blows him good and i hope this leads to the biggest push possible for sunny kiss and AEW because two years off television is absolutely absurd yeah it's crazy but what's crazy was the fact that Actual AEW fans hated this episode. Of course they do. They just can't like anything. And then they have to go on Twitter and the say AEW how much they fans hate. were like, We deserve better. This was an episode of AEW Dark. It, it sucked. It wasn't good. I was I like, was Oh fine. my God. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was surprised. I mean, they're not like entirely wrong but but you have to hide you can't every week can't be uh what's funny though is that like they really hated this episode the ratings were up i thought that's funny <laughs> good everybody else liked it so sit down yeah yeah well, ratings doesn't necessarily mean you liked it you just tuned in yeah people, sunny kiss people equals t- ratings that's it okay, let's get let's get that on shirt aw 
Uh, and now let's head over to West Virginia. Controversy. Mount Mama, take me home. Country Roads. That's right, AEW Dynamite was in West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia, for Dynamite presented by Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. Uh, so it was very, it was, a, it was called the House of, it was Dynamite House of Dragon. So I always hope to like never hear of Game of Thrones again. Why not? I just, it was so much people, people are just, oh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. My yeah. God, Game of Thrones. I thought it, I, I, I said say last week. I thought it was good. I'm gonna, I'm excited to see. Uh, Game of Thrones is. is like 90% silence, 10% dialogue. Okay, that's the visual. I know component, Ed Sheeran but... was on an episode. And yes, he was. Anyway, kick it off, Dynamite <laughs> Hot. CM Punk walking down to the ring, and after last week, you think he'd go out and challenge John Moxley? No. He goes out and challenges Hangman Page. He says it's not cowboy s, it's coward s. And if anybody has a problem with it, come down here. Um, and Hangman Page doesn't come down, but John Which, Moxley comes down. I didn't understand why they would have him make Hangman Adam Page look like a coward. News yeah, sites reporting Punk went off the script, went into business for himself there because he had yeah. in a previous promo didn't like what Hangman said. So months later, to get him back or something, okay, makes so, Hangman look like yes, but in, in West in West Virginia, or you know, in his hometown too. It's like you know, why would you like embarrass? Did did what is it called? Did Hangman do that to him in Chicago? No. Now it seems like Hangman's inserted into this feud. Yeah, I want to say yes, and they say, say they say that's not the case. Yeah, I know, and I, I want to talk. I want to talk about this whole thing in a minute once we get through this promo so moxley comes out then and they just go back and forth um two very different styles of promo from both these guys where punk is like very like like i want to say he's very like it's not like he's like kind of force feeding a promo punk was like tearing everybody apart like he he tore apart moxley he brought up how moxley he doesn't even give his best friend eddie kingston a, a title shot and, but then, then he says, and, and that's not even the best Kingston I've shared a locker room with. Making obviously alluding to, to Eddie uh, Kofi Kingston, he said he's not. He's the third best uh, Eddie Kingston? that he's been Eddie. in the the ring with. So who else is that? I, obviously, I think number one would be Eddie Guerrero. Number two, I think would I, I looked Gilbert? at I looked at uh, did you say Eddie Gilbert? Yeah, I looked at CM Punk's match records, and there were two Eddies that were like I have no idea who they were. Okay. There's a third option where Umaga's real name was Edward. But I don't think they were in the ring together. Umaga and, and Punk, yeah. 100%, really? oh. yeah. Oh, well, I felt like once Umaga... Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I, I think it was Eddie and myself. Umaga. But yep. he called John Moxley the third best member of the Shield, which I thought was funny because people were like, now hold on a second, that's... That's an insult to Triple H and Kurt Angle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, like third like, you know, I like the fact he's like, he's like, I would touch you, but you'd probably start bleeding. Yeah. You know, and then Moxley made some good points. He's like, you know, that microphone you think is your, you know, is, is very powerful to you. But in real life, it's only a microphone. This title is only a title. And essentially, this is, and then they brawl. And this was just a big way to beef up this match, which... Later, we would find out that the main event of next week's Dynamite is Punk versus Moxley for the AEW Undisputed Champion. Mox, before that, in our opening segment, uh, Punk was like, you're not even going to be the first John I beat in Chicago for a belt. Yeah, true. 
and he's not going to be. And Moxley because... kissed CM Punk, which led to the brawl. He's just he's just loving kissing people this yeah. uh, this past week. But um, but later on, when we saw Tony Nese was about to have an unscheduled match, I was like, oh hell yeah, this is awesome! I an unscheduled Tony Nese match. And then Moxley came out and attacked Tony Nese, and then Smart Mark. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but Moxley ended up on the ground. <laughs> I thought just... that was funny, but this was a, a brawl that that got separated. So. So they have the match next week taking place in John Moxley's hometown. The AEW doesn't like to have hometown guys lose. I mean, well, they embarrassed Hangman Page this week on AEW. They Dynamite, didn't so. apparently, though. So, but here's okay. So here's my thing. Why, like, first of all, like, why would they put this match and not like every like you know everybody is saying like oh yeah Moxley versus Punk is your draw for all out you know it's a big name match two main big mainstream guys why would you put that on free pay per view some people are saying like oh you know WWE product's really good so they need they need ratings which I don't think is the case I, I something I almost felt like that might be the case they saw the huge increase in NXT ratings this week yeah so. Um, yeah, well, and Tony, for some up. reason, has it in his head like, oh, we beat NXT, we're good. We're good. But if, like, those ratings keep going up and up and AEW keeps going down, 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 maybe that's how it is. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that they're kind of stagnant. For AEW? They, yeah. They've been ratings. steadily decreasing right now, too. I know, but, but, yeah, they're still, always up in, like, the but, 900 area. But they're always the number one show on television on Wednesdays besides for, the for one cable. week. The, for cable. Besides Real Housewives. the one week the Mets faced the Yankees. They faced Real Housewives. They were second this week. They were? Yeah. Oh, wow. But, anyway, I don't care about the ratings. I care about this match. And I think, like, either they're going to they're gonna throw Hangman. Somehow Hangman Page is going to get into this, and this is going to be a three-way, a three-way match. Or... Hashtag Mark Dreams right here. Match ends. CM Punk goes over. He's celebrating. All of a sudden, someone... And I said this to Dave last night, like 12 o'clock at night. Someone runs into the ring, punches Punk right in the back of the head. Punk goes down. They get a tight shot of the hands. And there you see the AEW diamond ring. Boom. Hey, boom. Like, mask comes off. It's MJF standing in the middle of the ring. The crowd would go nuts. Because remember what we were talking about and the wrestling community was talking about going into Double or Nothing was they weren't talk- – like, they are talking about, yes, Hangman Page versus CM Punk for the title. But they were more kind of focused on the status of MJF going into Double or Nothing. MJF cuts this heated promo, tells Tony Khan to fire him. We can all be freaking works right now that it, this was all – this was all what was supposed to happen besides the Punk getting injured thing. That – it was supposed to be – so I – and people are saying like, oh, yeah, the bigger draw is Punk versus Moxley at All Out. It's not Punk versus MJF. But you have to remember too, AEW fans suck a lot of the times, but wrestling fans just suck <laughs> in general, are die-hard wrestling fans. Yes, I know CM Punk and John Moxley will probably sell a lot more tickets or sell a lot more buys and stuff like that. But for the hardcore AEW fan, I think they'd be more invested in a CM Punk MJF match because so that match is next week and then all out it's what like a week and five a half days. later. No, I think it's like 5 days later. You put MJF on every single show just cutting promos or, cu- or like having backstage vignettes. Remember like so remember what Matt Cardona did days. at GCW? 
when they like when he attacked Nick Gage the first time and they followed him out. Yeah. Like you do something like that, like right after the show, like fifteen minutes after Dynamite goes off the air, you throw something on social media saying you know, with MJF talking about that, you have him follow up on Rampage, and then you go into All Out, and you have him win the AEW Championship in Chicago. Yes, I know you just said it like five seconds ago that AEW doesn't like people losing in their hometown, but like, to, you want to shoot somebody? <laughs> yeah. So, but but if um, if that stuff that is being said about CM Punk is a hundred percent true, and if I was Tony Khan, I would fire him on the spot. Yeah, then he, get, then he wouldn't have another podcast to go on to start burying uh, AEW. <laughs> I mean, and um, then, I mean, there's so many things that are being like uncovered about CM Punk right now that it's like, yeah, for sure. I think people are just are going crazy. into yeah, but action started off though with a two out of three falls match and Brian Danielson picking up the victory over Daniel Garcia with the Dragon Ricky Steamboat as a special guest timekeeper. For some so, reason. Dragons. That's <laughs> and it. Jericho is on commentary. Yeah. Which I, which, and um, I, I was a fan of this. I was a fan with uh, uh, Daniel Garcia getting the first fall, uh, first fall via tap out. And then not, not said, tap out. He choked him oh, out. Choked him out. So and I, didn't, I didn't understand because the other week we saw the referee do the arm gimmick. I guess he realized, I mean, well, you know, AEW referees are the worst, right? Yeah. That should <laughs> so, be a t-shirt. We suck with every one of them on there. <laughs> um, but pin anyway. two, Daniel uh, Brian Danielson got the uh, a quick pin over Garcia while he was locked in a submission. That's fine. Yeah. And then uh, in that, I guess, third round of matchup, we saw Garcia reversed Brian Danielson going to stomp him, and then did the same stomps back. I thought that was like the best part of the match for me. Yeah. And, and, but then, like, afterwards, too, you saw, like, this kind of, like, you know, Danielson tries to extend his hand towards Garcia. Jericho then assaults Brian Danielson from behind. And you see, like, kind of this conflict with Daniel Garcia. You know, last on Rampage, we just said, you know, he said he was his hero. He was his hero. He idolized him. Yeah, and Brian Jer- you know, for Garcia. Yeah, I know. And then, on the other hand, Jericho, like, you know, real shoot life gave... No, thousands upon thousands, th- thousands of dollars yeah. to a GoFundMe when Daniel Garcia was hurt. So there's a really cool story going on here with Daniel Garcia. I'm thinking it's probably going to be Jericho versus Danielson at the pay per view, which would be a fun match because then Brandon's like, "Up oh, NXT first match ever." Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought like a lot of people like five star match, instant classic match of the year. I thought this was like an okay match. Yeah, I don't think it was necessary for either of them to blade. And maybe if it was, it might have been better had I not seen the blade so much in this match. Okay. Like, I mean, I can't. Obviously, it's not their fault. The blade fell, and you see it. And then Bryce, good on him, walking see it the... over to the to the corner with his foot. See, but outside, referees are good. Outside the ring. The camera was focused on Brian Danielson for like 30 seconds or something. While he's sitting there, you see him cutting his head and then puts the blade under the ring. He just, listen, he just likes bleeding. I just, I don't, I don't think this match needed blood from either of them at all. Well, I mean, that was the only match that really had blood in it, so. Jericho Uh, Appreciation Society, though. Jericho ends up yelling at Daniel Garcia backstage. He wants to face him on Dynamite next week. Face-to-face. 
Ricky Steamboat interrupted that and was like, uh, Garcia doesn't need the Jericho Appreciation Society. Brian Danielson would be the better person to mentor Daniel Garcia. And Parker ends up getting in his face and Steamboat uh, chops him to end that segment. Yeah. This is the first time we saw physicality from uh, Ricky Dragon Steamboat in what, like 10 years? Perhaps. It's funny. Steamboat's like, oh, you you talk the same. You you have the same hairstyle when, when we last saw each other, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, brother, Jericho's hair was short when you wrestled him. <laughs> yeah, it was very short. Uh, after this squash match, Gun Club picks up the victory over the Varsity Blondes. Like 30 seconds, Colton ends the match. Yeah. That so, was hey, beyond. Like, I don't know why you would put Varsity Blondes in that situation. But they did. But I kind of like the, the, the fired up aspect, at least. They were aggressive. And that's what Billy said. You know, he didn't want to be, he wanted to be proud of him. Um, you know, Billy gets in the mic afterwards. It's, uh, that's what, get, you know, he said, he's like, that's what gets things done. Uh, you know, and he's super proud of him. But unfortunately, it was the uh, super kick heard around the world because Stokely Hathaway walks the ring and the gun club uh, blindsides Billy Gunn. However, Billy Gunn is not left by himself as the acclaimed comes out uh, and evens the odds. And then so they it looks scissor. like. And, they, and then they all scissor. Do you think, like, they should have let that breathe a little bit more? Because it, it feels like it was like he got super kicked or whatever it was. He gets beat up. The acclaim comes out, and then two seconds later, Billy Gunn's like standing up again, and he's getting scissored and having a great time. I think that should have taken place. Uh, the Gun Club turning on Billy should have taken place another time. Yeah, you think it, have yeah, them I mean, like have that like big victory where Billy's finally happy, and then like, hey guys, I uh, set up one more match for you guys next week. You guys yeah. prove me. You guys could do this. I know I have faith in you. You guys killed it tonight. Let's see you next week. They they do the same thing next week, and then Colton and Austin are like, screw you, boom. Yeah, okay. Jungle Boy came out, challenged Christian Cage to a match at All Out, and Christian Cage says no. <laughs> Sweet and simple. Yeah. Luchasaurus is suspended for what he did to Pat Buck last week. Bravo. I'm glad that Pat... Uh, Pat Buck, the... perfectly fine, though. Hey, listen, Pat... Saw him. Pat's... I'm glad Pat's okay. But... Uh... Christian wants to take Jungle Boy to the promised land. Wants him to be champion. Jungle Boy's not having it. He attacks Christian. He stomps the arm on the steps. Uh, the officials very quick to break up John Moxley and CM Punk twice. They took their sweet time getting to Jungle Boy and Christian here. Yeah, well, listen, that's just being a little over. So well, Christian, Jungle Boy taking place. Yep. All out. I think I called this two months ago. We saw FTR and Wardlow backstage, which just further sets up the trios match with Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Jay Lethal at All Out. Yeah. I think it sucks that all three are in that spot. Why? Tag team champions, singles champion, TNT champion, not doing anything. Yeah, but also the the tag team champions aren't doing anything either. They're facing private party. And on that note, let's go to our weekly... The rate, the rankings at AEW were all wrong segment here. On... Also, by the way, it sets up uh, Dax versus Jay Lethal. Dax versus okay, but let's take a look at these crap ratings rankings. I could say that because I have to get it. Rankings? You can say rankings. <laughs> okay. No, I thought... um, so here we go. So FTR still number one contenders, but and Private Party is getting a title shot on Rampage, and they're not even uh, listed in number one contenders. 
Finally it doesn't make, sense. make sense that like we saw we physically saw the AFO break up. Yeah. Physically. When Roosh came in, Andrade's like, screw all of you, I'm done. And now they're he's backstage with all of them. I think they're still friends, I guess. Friends he dumped them for Roosh. I don't understand how that's just like, oh, you guys you guys forgot this never happened. Well, Tony Storm's well, here's the only one thing that makes sense. Tony Storm is number one contender. And she actually it will be getting a title shot at All Out. Um, and she was in action on Dynamite facing off against Kylan King, who we haven't seen in a while. I know she's been Long featured. While. Yeah, well, I know she's been featured in NWA a lot. Uh, but, you know, Tony Storm gets the victory here. And that's it. Just sets up, hey, Tony Storm's going to be facing Thunder Rosa. That's yeah, it. King had some good offense here. I think it was obvious that's, that Tony Storm was going to win this. Backstage, Thunder Rosa, like, I think she, if I'm not mistaken, she clapped for for Tony Storm to win, but then she looked annoyed. Yeah, because she knows she's not going to be able to beat her. I'm wondering if Thunder Rosa turns heel it all out. Tony Storm, I think, has to win that title. The way that that's do been you, booked, she has to you, win the the title. So, yeah, oh, I, I could see that, but maybe she turns heel, and then this is like the, and then Britt Baker gets reintroduced to face Tony Storm, and they're in two different. Because Thunder Rosa, since she's come to AEW, has always been like the white meat baby face. Everybody, you know, I'm happy to be here. Now you have this kind of turn with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, where Britt Baker is going to be the face and Thunder Rosa is the heel. And they continue that on into the fall. But, I mean, I would like to see Tony Storm get the number one. She is the only person that deserves a uh, number one contendership uh, shot right now because she's the only one listed number one. She's the only one being used. Yeah. So. They finally, cool. they put Athena there. She's on Rampage to this week. Yeah. Where's Ruby Soho? Where's she been? I don't we haven't know. seen any follow up when she got with the car, the car smash. Well, that she's injured, so she's off of TV. They wrote her off, brother. But wasn't she? She showed up at the. Was that not before or after the uh, the cage match, the shark cage? Um, at the end of it, right? She showed up at the end and beat up. Yeah, but that's uh, t- that t- was way after the, the door slam. Right? Now, you know what this means? Now she changed her name to Mello. Now her fig- now her figure is inaccurate. Well, I mean, you just gotta release a new one i don't understand the name change though that's her shoot middle name but conti was her shoot last name i think yeah i don't know maybe it was her former last name or whatever yeah well maybe because now she's whatever guevara. tay tay guevara they want to change it so anyway just go with ty guevara yeah true also anyway they they, they advertise uh claudio for rampage we'll hear from claudio yeah Where maybe the it'll set up with joe still injured maybe we haven't heard from him in like a month. We haven't heard from him since the ROH uh, TV match. That's crazy. Yeah. But who we did hear from, main event time, and uh, your first match in the AEW Trios Championship Tournament as the Young Bucks and their partner, who we could have smelt 8 million miles away. They don't even Ken- need to have the tournament. We know. Yeah, yeah, we know the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are going to win now. Uh, we're facing off against uh, Los Faction Incarnables. Uh, Andrade, El Idolo, Rush, and Dragon Lee. Kenny Omega's Steamboat, back. the uh, timekeeper again. Yeah. Don Callis, unfortunately, returning. Jim Ross, very pissed off I'm, about that. I thought that was hilarious. I love Don Callis. I no, I was great. just playing, like, because Jim Ross was... God damn it, but, Don Callis but is here's here. Like, here's the thing that confused me. So, like, they've been slowly kind of turning the Young Bucks back to baby faces. <laughs> and then Kenny Omega comes out with Don Callis who is, you know, the heel of all heels. Yeah. So, like, that, like, we know it's probably going to be the Bucks versus Best Friends at All Out. So maybe we see, like, a turn by Kenny Omega 
on the Bucks during that match. But again, like to keep Kenny Omega, you know, Ken, as much as like you know, we don't like it. Kenny Omega is a draw on AEW, and he's one of their you know their massive stars. So it would have been so much better had it been somebody else, though. I know it would have been great. If, it would have been great if it was like uh, I don't know. I, I hated also. I hated the use of Dragon Lee in this beginning of the match. Why? Because it was like he was Fuego del Sol and not Dragon Lee. I mean, well, like they wouldn't let they he, like they, Dragon Lee is such a good professional wrestler, and they were just they it wasn't they weren't allowing Dragon Lee to be Dragon Lee at that moment. Yeah, it was like treating him like Fuego. No knock to Fuego, but I mean, I think Fuego knows he's king of AEW dark. Yeah, and all, but also you could you especially with how well Andrade and Roosh have been recently, and we spoke about this last week. How they're awesome the they were. ones they, that need the victory here. Young they need Bucks, the ones, but, like, but, like the you, but like they, they needed, the they needed, they needed Dragon Lee in this in this instance because you can't have Andrade or Roosh take a pinfall here. No, that's that's why you had to throw Dragon Lee in there to kind of be like a, you know the the crash test dummy. I'll also say. say this: out of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I think it was Nick that shined the most in this match. Well, Kenny I think, didn't look like he was ready to be back at all. He was I not know. good. I know. That's what they said. You know, and also too, and I and I said this the other day, you know, him coming out with that compression shirt on, that's not Kenny Omega. You know, Kenny Omega has had, you know, he's uh, I, I, he has a great physique to him. So it has to be. And this is something like I was listening to Busted Open yesterday and Tommy Dreamer was saying, he goes, Kenny probably wasn't comfortable with him coming back the way he looked and maybe he's still injured and he's still rehabbing and stuff like that. He, so even, maybe he went that's, on Twitter. He was like, look, I'm not 100% or whatever. So that's why I think they put him in this trios thing. Because A, it's star power. B, the Young Bucks need to be the first of another thing in AEW. Man, just I think that's – and that's like the writing's on the wall. We're waiting for Kenny Omega to come back to introduce the titles. Kenny Omega doesn't look like he's ready to be back. No. Some people on Twitter is like, oh, it's just a storyline that it looked like that. I mean, I would love – you know, I, as I just said – as I said, sorry, my kids are leaving. They're going to the trampoline park. Bye, guys. Have a great time. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye, wife. Bye, beautiful wife. Have fun. Um, so, oh, I lost my train of thought here. But, okay, but Kenny, regardless, Kenny Omega's back. They go on to face the winners of, um, who are they facing? I think it's uh, the Death Triangle. I don't know. But Death, Death they're just going. They're going to the finals and they're going to all out. It's 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 predictable. It stinks. But in this match, people were like, "Oh, it's just storyline. It's just storyline." Because at one point, Kenny Omega trips. I think Jose messed up here. Okay. Because Kenny trips and then goes back to run against the rope again, and Jose grabs him. Okay. Jose then gets involved himself. Referee couldn't care less. He couldn't to hold for. I think this was this the mad the spot of the night. Dragon Lee hitting that insane suicide dive or oh my suicide God, buff, block, blockbuster, whatever you want to call it, to the, the to the crowd. I thought that was the coolest spot. Insane, yeah. but then towards the end of the match, Kenny Omega hits that V trigger. Dragon Lee looks like he's shoot knocked the actual hell out. Yeah, can't even get up for the the. The one-winged angel. Kenny lifts him up finally, gets the move on him. Kenny, you see him speaking to him after the match to what I assume is to check on him. Yeah. I think Dragon Lee might have gotten shoot knocked out there. You think so? I do. For Kenny to be like, I thought Kenny was the heel there. (laughs) But here he is checking on Dragon Lee or whatever, I think, to make sure he's okay. 
Andrade and Roosh. We're like seconds to the end of the show. Andrade and Roosh pick up Dragon Lee. Roosh threw, threw uh, Dragon Lee to Andrade. Andrade DDTs him. His mask flies off. Given how poorly all of that was and how abrupt it ended, people thought that the three of them went into business for themselves to go work a program for Mexico. Yeah, Which is not well, completely unbelievable given how Mexico runs. But Tony later on, and all even more so, they didn't show any of the footage. They didn't yeah. show that as a highlight. It was such like a quick thing, not even on the social media. But that's but that's the thing too. Like, what? Well, like they like I think this morning on AEW they posted like CM Punk, you know, t- calling out Hangman Page. So like that makes me believe that like I don't think it was this are... morning. I think that was like twenty, uh, like when it happened. I think they posted it, but. Then I guess my things all screwed. But up. Tony Khan, I think, tweeted something like, "Oh, we'll have highlights from Rampage. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll have highlights from Dynamite on Rampage." So, what happened now? I don't know if we'll see it. It Rampage by the time this goes out, it's already aired. But yes, but it's very weird that it didn't go up on on social media. Yeah. So, but anyway, Rampage is stacked. You got Athena versus Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford just coming back from injury, I believe. But yeah, she, um, she came back on uh, Dark, I think. Yes. They also, um, the Death Triangle showed up. This was the first time we saw the All Atlantic Championship on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, but they've been doing a good job of kind of following Pac around his European, you know, Pac's European vacation of defending the title. They they Red ran Pro an angle with Kip Sabian that has not been mentioned at all. Things you gotta let things breathe. Unless actually, I think maybe they did show it in a highlight package, but still, he's sitting in there with the box on his head. Yeah, oh, good old box boy. But anyway, Rampage, Athena. As I said, Athena versus Penelope Ford, Swerve in our glory versus Private Party, Hook versus Zach Clayton. You'll hear from Claudio Castagnoli, and then I'm assuming your main event, uh, Trustbusters against Best Friends, in the second match in the AEW World Trio Championship Tournament. Uh, all that's coming up pretty quickly. Uh, there's a lot still to unravel when it comes to the the card itself, but I think we can say we got Tony Storm versus a Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's Championship. Also, people very pissed off at the fact that of course they are an hour and twenty minutes. I think it was into the show was the first mention of a woman, and it was such a short segment. All right, listen, people could come. They're going to complain about everything, because that's what the internet does. And on that note, let's close the book on AEW for this week, and let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week comes from GCW Homecoming Night One. John Moxley versus Effie. I've been I said it last week, and I went on a big rant about it. How I think John Moxley is one of the wrestlers of the year, um, and this uh, this kind of proves it too. Still going out defending the GCW Championship against a guy as popular as Effie on one of the hottest independent promotions out there. I'm about it. Let's go check it out if you want to see John Moxley and Effie kiss. On that note, <laughs> on that note, Brandon, who are you shouting out? This is Droopy Dog, and you're listening to Brandon's shout-out. The first shout-out goes to the rehearsal. Have you heard of it? No, probably no. not. Nope. It's a Nathan Fielder show on HBO and HBO Max. I wish... Dynamite was sponsored by that instead of Game of Thrones, but it's such a beyond like bizarre and insane show. It's like a docu series 
if you've never you've probably never seen Nathan for you on Comedy Central, right? Nope. It's a lot like this. Very bizarre. Okay. The show gives people the opportunity to rehearse their lives, I guess. Like the first episode, this guy wants to tell this woman that he's been lying to her for years. So they, he like recreates an actual bar that they would go to. And with HBO's money creates it. It's insane. I would say check it out. Check it out on HBO Max. I think the uh, season finale is out next week. Uh, next shout out going to give to Wednesday, which is coming to Netflix in the fall, starring Jenna. I thought Ortega. you meant like the actual show Wednesday, like the actual day of the week Wednesday. No, it's the Wednesday Adam. She's. Oh, okay. I heard about this. Yeah, and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones and Luis Guzman will play uh, Morticia and Gomez. Okay. Netflix released a trailer this week. I think it looks really good. Tim Burton's directing it. Of course he is. They're apparently keeping the identity of Uncle Fester a secret. So people think that Christopher Lloyd might be reprising his role. That would be pretty cool. We haven't seen him in a while. And then the other half of the community think that Johnny Depp might actually be playing uh, Uncle it wouldn't Fester. Be a t- it wouldn't be a Tim Burton movie without uh, Johnny Depp in it. So. And they don't want to release – people think that they don't want to release the, the identity of Uncle Fester being Johnny Depp so that it doesn't overshadow Jenna Ortega as Wednesday Adams. Okay. They want to push her as, as the star. Yes. Okay. Third shout-out I'm going to give to Cal David, who passed away this past week at the age of 79. Singer-songwriter, blues guitarist, famous, though, to the Disney community as Sonny Eclipse, who is a singing animatronic lounge singer who plays shows at uh, Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe inside the Magic Kingdom, which you could catch many times throughout the day, and I think he does like a 30-minute set each time. Yeah. Always fun to go see him, so. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Cal David, I had no idea. He said that he never had gone to even see the... The, the character the show oh, that's unfortunate i don't know how that happened yeah neither do i but yeah those are my shout outs now it's time for our is right our mark out moment of the week you have any markouts oh my god the south park 25th anniversary uh concert from red rocks did you watch it i I didn't watch the actual concert i saw clips of it while it was actually happening no you have to watch the full concert that they released on central it's out on uh, paramount plus i believe it's up it's on everything it's on paramount plus it's on hulu it's on could probably find it on io in the on-demand section it was incredible so south park 25 years since it's it, and and they released the concert on comedy central the same day on the what was it the 13th no wait what's, uh, on the 14th on the 13th at 10 o'clock 25 years to the day when the first episode of oh, south park cool. aired and they had ween and primus as their backing band along with like the Guy that does all the music for South Park. Rusha um, made an appearance. Rush, the, the, the last two thirds members. Of, I was talking to Dave about this, Dave and Dan about this last night. It was so well done, and it was done in such a South Park fashion that like Trey, Trey and I were like, let's make a concert at Red Rocks and make a video out of it, like all those stupid other concert videos that have been done at Red Rocks before. Because like 
Trey Parker, like he had a cowboy hat on, like when he was not playing piano, he got up and started talking on the microphone and walking around the stage. I don't get um, why, like, why didn't he sing Kyle's mom in the Cartman microphone? I don't know, but I was, it was, well, that was like a pitch shifting microphone. Yeah. So like, like, they, I would love he, to see them go on tour with that show. That was, I, it was I, phenomenal. I, it was very it, well done. I cried when they did the Tegrity song for Tegrity Farms. And they're sitting there like, it's going great. It was going grand. And then Joe Biden took her germs. <laughs> I lost it. And then he gets up off the piano. He goes, Joe Biden, take your job. Hey, little girl in the front row, come here. He goes, tell all these people that Joe Biden took your job. And there's this 10-year-old girl. She's like, Joe Biden took my germs. <laughs> and everybody goes nuts. And then you just hear like Les Claypool going, he took your germ. And then Dean Ween, it was, I'm like, I just want to watch it again because it was just so funny. Yeah, they did uh, What Would Brian Boitano Do? They did What Would Brian Boitano Do? They did the Gay Fish song. Um, It was just, it was spectacular. Also, what was, I thought was very well done was them going through the, the the whole process of how the South Park theme song came about. Oh, I, I, I told that to Dan and Sal last night and I think I broke Dan's brain. He goes, it's the same song, but just sped up. I'm like, yeah, he goes, that's genius. And the fact that they did the vocals for the intro intro theme on like in like a dressing room on tour, I thought was outstanding. Yeah. And this is 25 years ago where like you couldn't just plug a microphone into a laptop and have a podcast. I mean, you know, well, didn't Mike Myers record the uh, some of the vocals for Shrek from a limousine or something from a telephone? I, I, really interesting. I think that's I think that was a story. But yeah, I marked out for it hard. I'm still marking out for it. Um, I think other cool like wrestling related things. Uh, I believe AJ Styles was doing a signing in Riyadh, Saudi okay. Arabia, and there's a Twitter account Melly Jacks. They posted a video, and they're like, "Well, you know how the Young Bucks need a third partner for Dynamite to show up for the Trios Championship, right?" And she's, she's like, why don't you show up? He goes, well, why don't they come to WWE? <laughs> yeah, right. Gone. And I think I watched that video like so many times. I think it's a fantastic video. I think that's such a good answer from, from AJ Styles, too. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll miss my friends. I'll miss my friends. She goes, well, why don't you go help them? He goes, well, why don't they come to WWE? I popped, yeah, That right. popped me big time. I thought that was so funny. I also uh, popped at the uh, A&E biography. They used Voodoo Kin Mafia clips from TNA. Very sad to know that they were on drugs during that time. I had no idea. Oh, of course they were. But for a split second, the gun club was shown. Oh, really? Yeah, Austin and Colton were, like, on the, the program. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I also marked out for at Cardona and Chelsea Green renewing their vows. Yeah. At GCW Homecoming, which I thought was an outstanding. People are saying it could be the second best uh, wrestling wedding ever. But we don't know what Matt was in the studio recording, right? No. Uh, but apparently, no, apparently it was just announced today, or it was announced that Matt is joining the cast of The Last Match, a pro wrestling rock musical. So maybe he's recording oh stuff God. for... I know, hey, listen. I, I saw that first pop up on my TikTok. That's like yeah. a, a Broadway-esque show in New York yes. City. Yeah, so maybe he's... Uh... Hey, Matt's going. Uh, Matt's going. Look at all the stuff that he's been doing. Broski's on Broadway used to be a thing. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Now he's about now to be actually Broski on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. Now it's actually going to be a shoot thing. Um, that that but, that. Uh, what is it called again? The 
The last match? The last match. The wrestling musical is like beyond crazy because they, they pitch it as like a musical with actual wrestling matches, actual wrestlers in it. And it's going to be treated as such, like a wrestling show, but just you're watching a musical. I'm looking at their uh, Instagram right now, and like Bill James is on it, and major announcement coming soon, which is Matt. Uh, Matt, he'll be playing the lead bad guy, Alexander Swagger. So good for him. I text after I was going back to the the renewing of vow ceremony. I text. Chiapetta was in the bridal party. Yeah. And I tech I saw like a gif of him walking down the aisle. I just sent it to him. I said, Looking good, man. And he just sent me a text message saying, Thanks, Chris. So <laughs> Um, I also marked out there has been a lot of new music recently. One a, a band I listen to called Oceano, based out of um Chicago, released their first song since 2017 this week. So it was awesome. Five years. Um, yeah, well, you know what? There's there's been two years of not doing stuff, so it's um, the five-year anniversary of the formation of Undisputed Era. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ah. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Oh, my God. I also um, uh, I marked out Steve Carino's on TikTok. And okay. he put it. It's like a really – it's a poorly edited video, but it still, like, popped me because he's going around asking people backstage at NXT if, if they knew he was on the last Heat Wave card because they did NXT Heat Wave this week. Yes, and I like the fact that Paul Heyman uh, opened it up with the voiceover. Yeah, but in the TikTok, he asks Ivy Nile at one point, and she goes, I didn't know you had red hair, because in the match against that Jerry the... Lynn, his hair That's is, right. is blood red, yes. Yes. I thought, I thought that was really funny. Or <laughs> Jade's like, I wasn't even born. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so I thought that um, was cool. Yeah. So all in all... Oh, yeah, that's what I marked out for. I want to kind of go watch uh, that South Park thing again. It's great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, that's Mark It Out, episode 602 next week. Getting closer to All Out. Um, we only, Are they continuing with NXT UK or are they just stopping it? Even though No, like, they have like, episodes up until Worlds Collide. Okay. So they have to uh, – I guess they show how Tyler Bate wins the uh, NXT yeah. UK championship. That, I like – I – so weird (laughs) so strange and Shawn michaels got a promotion dx is running wwe right now of course they're running dx what a like curtain call to run in wwe what what are the odds yeah it's real strange but so yep that's gonna be next week and until then facebook.com slash marking out twitter.com slash marking out youtube and instagram.com slash marking out 11 tiktok at marking out um you can buy our shirts pro wrestling tees.com slash marking out Email us for any business inquiries at markingout1 at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Wingdog, Dave on Twitter at David PTDPDT, right? Whatever. Almost it's fine. close. I was surprised um, you started with the P this time. PTDPDT. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it the other day driving. I'm like, is it David PTDPDT? And Brandon, our social media influencer on everything at BTTG161. Got to thank Nick McTocho for our logo and Ring Rope Rebellion for our theme music. And until next week, we wish you the best Best of luck in your future. future. (laughs) Have a fantastic week.